Happy Sunday, everyone. It's episode 53 of our weekly Cricket Hurt vodcast. Sid, there's been some drama overnight in WNCL, hasn't there? Do you want to fill everyone in on what's been happening? Well, you'll be shocked to know, Raph, that it rained in Sydney. What? I know. Rain in Sydney? Where have I heard that before? <laughs> takes us back to a year ago, doesn't it? And that, that mm. famous night in Sydney in the, in the 220 World Cup semi-finals when... Uh, of course, England's match got rained off. Uh, so this time it was a match between New South Wales and Queensland that got rained off. Now, Queensland were, in theory, in control of their own destiny in WNCL. If they'd beaten New South Wales, they would have qualified for the final. But the rain meant that... Well, first of all, it meant that New South Wales got knocked out by the rain. Um, and Queensland are now waiting on the result of the ongoing match between South Australia and ACT. So South Australia need to beat ACT. If South Australia beat ACT, then they're through to the final. Okay. Um, ACT um, have been propping up the bottom of the table, or been at the, towards the bottom of the table the whole time. Um, but uh, they're actually doing kind of well at the moment, so um, it, they, they could well pull that off on behalf um, of... Queensland and Queensland could qualify for the final. So we'll see about that one. Check the scores later and all will be revealed. So will all the newspapers in, in Sydney now be going mad about um, the fact that there wasn't a reserve day? <laughs> well, they're certainly going mad about the rain. It was it was quite torrential. There were pictures of flooded bridges and abandoned cars and it was the works. So That's serious rain. Okay, cool. Now... South Africa against India, um, the ODI series has wrapped up now um, and South Africa won very comprehensively in the end, 4-1 um, and also the first T20 has now been played, um, again uh, a reasonably easy win there for South Africa um, and importantly this week it's been announced that South Africa are now, because of that series win, have been bumped up to second in the ICC's um, team rankings in the ODI format. So they're now behind Australia, but ahead of England. Can that be right, Sid? Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I Honestly, hand on heart, I, even as a, as a totally disinterested uh, disinterested party in this, I don't, I don't think it's right. Um, I think that England um, would still expect to beat South Africa, you know, 70, 70 times out of 100. Um, but South Africa, no doubt, uh, you know, a side on the up, and you've got to think that South Africa are perhaps, a, you know, an outside bet for for the World Cup in Ooh. a year's time. Um, you know, if you can put some, if you want to put some money on someone, and you know, we don't condone gambling, guys. <laughs> but if you if you were to, South Africa might be looking a pretty good bet at the moment. Um, I just think that, that they've got a load of a load of players that are just coming into the the best form, you know, and um, you know, they've got some players that have been around for a while that are still playing really well, like you know, your Caps and your Wolf Farts, uh, Anika Bosch. Has great been, name has been boshing it. Um, she had, she now has two two international fifties. Um, she had none uh, a week and a half ago. Um, so you know she's winning games for South Africa. So they're bringing in some some newer players as well. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll definitely be hoping Dani van Nierkerk is back for the the World Cup in a year's time. She's still got you know plenty of time to get herself sorted mm -hmm. out. They're they're going to be a strong side, and you know they've they've really shown India that you know that India are not indisputably the, 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 in the top 
two or three okay. necessarily. So. And you didn't even mention Mignon Dupree there, did you? Um, who seems to be having a, a, a bit of a renaissance to her career. She's been playing international cricket for a long time. Um, and we interviewed her in the last season of the Kia Super League in 2019. Um, and she talked about improvements that she's made to her T20 game. But um, this really seems to be kind of Mignon Dupree... Uh, Mark too, doesn't it? Um, has had some brilliant success there, and and kind of winning games for South Africa herself. So that fits with your with your overall theme, actually, that players are kind of coming into their own at this point in time. Um, I suppose that in terms of kind of where they sit versus England, the last time England faced them in ODIs was in the summer of 2018. Um, we played them in three ODIs, um, and we won the series two one. Um, and I think that the two games that we won, we won reasonably easily. Um, but obviously, it's in that time, it's in that two and a half years, really, um, that those players that you're talking about have started kind of, um, have really developed. Um, so it'd be really interesting, actually, to see England play them now and see where they're at. Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't think, as we said in last week's vodcast, that that's actually likely to happen this summer because um, of South Africa being on the red list and, and it being logistically difficult for them to visit England. Um, so that's that's a bit of a shame, actually, because that, that series could have been a cracker, couldn't it? Yeah, it could have been, but hopefully we'll still you know have a cracker against India. You know, uh, If India uh, can get some decent uh, training in over the next couple of months, then they could arrive in a good place as well. So you know, and they'll definitely be looking to themselves up again after being knocked back here by South Africa. Now, thinking a bit closer to home about the hundreds, um, I put out a couple of tweets this week to do with how you actually make the hundred genuinely um, kind of exciting um, and um, a step forward in terms of gender parity in um, between English men's and women's cricket. Um, but I'd shamelessly stolen one of your ideas, hadn't I, Sid? Um, oh, that's, that's terrible. <laughs> do you want to explain what your idea was to, to our vodcast viewers? Yeah, we were talking about double headers, weren't mm -hmm. we? And um, we said that one of the problems with double headers is that um, if the women's games are all going to be played first, then people will probably, you know, most people are going to turn up um, you know, halfway through the women's mm -hmm. game or perhaps even at the end of the women's game to just watch the men's game. And the way around that would be to sneakily uh, say to that sometimes the women play first and sometimes they play second. But the really important bit was you don't tell anybody yeah. which game's going to be first. So if people want to watch a particular game, they still have to turn up at the start time um, to ensure that they can watch... Uh, the game that they want to yeah, watch. Yeah, it's a fantastic idea. I, I don't understand why nobody else has thought of it. I was really impressed, so that's why I stole it. I'm guessing the TV people wouldn't be massively impressed with it, but... Don't care. No. <laughs> um, okay, and we actually, um, after I tweeted, we had some really interesting responses, didn't we? Yeah, we did. So we've got uh, one from uh, Chinos on Twitter. Uh, I'd take this one step further and alternate the innings as well. Spectators won't know if it's going to be men, women, men, women, or women, men, women, men. And the gap between the first and second innings of the game would just be like a slightly extended lunch break. What do you think of that idea, Raf? I think it sounds quite confusing. <laughs> um, especially for your poor old journalists up in the press box trying to write match reports. But, you know... It's radical, uh, and I think we, we should be being radical with the 100 because it's meant to be a, a big break with the past, isn't it? Um, and kind of something very new. So, you know, why not give it a go? Let's try. Um, another response from Ian Oakhill. Um, he does say, not sure myself whether it's a good idea, but 
how about having an integrated league table um, towards which both the men's and women's games count? That would make each franchise a true team and would make for more of a baseball-style proper doubleheader rather than two games in two different competitions. What do you think of that, Sid? Yeah, that could be really interesting. I think the trouble with that is that as things stand, it doesn't really give you a final because the, the, the final or the, the, the sem- qualification for semi-finals and finals don't really work in that sense because you'll have a one, potentially one team qualifying that hasn't actually done very well but qualifying because they're other team has yeah. has done well but if it was a pure league if it was just you know going to count all the points and then add them up and see then that that could work really well and that would really get people rooting for yeah. their their other team yeah. so and it would certainly be a great incentive for the players as well, wouldn't it? Yeah. To actually pay attention to what's happening in the other game. We, we think that um, you know, the, the women players tend to pay attention to the, to the men's stuff, but n- not necessarily always reciprocated. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was very politely put, right? Yes, it was, wasn't it? Thanks. I, I do try. Um, so that would be a great way of actually getting the men really involved and invested in the women's team in a way that we um, perhaps haven't necessarily seen in the English context, not mentioning mm-hmm. any names. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, now Mike Gibson, also on Twitter, says uh, about these, the subject of changing rooms and who gets the changing yeah. rooms. Well, that's, of course, that's been a little bit controversial in, in the past, hasn't it, where, yeah. um, you know, people have uh, argued about changing rooms and things. He says, perhaps when playing at home, both the home teams use the main changing rooms, as in the real changing rooms, rather than relegating all the women's teams to some spare rooms. Um, and then the away teams are both use the spare rooms. So the home teams both get, so the men's side get the home dressing room and the women's side get the away dressing room or whichever way around. Yeah. And then the away team have to deal with changing in the loose or whatever yeah. it is that... And because this was this one was actually genuinely my idea was if you're trying to um, you know uh, make it so that the women's team feel equally valued, don't just do what always has happened in doubleheaders in the past and relegate them to some far flung corner of the ground or the gym or the indoor nets or wherever to get changed um, because very few grounds have four changing rooms. Um, actually, kind of give the women. The, the chance to get changed in the dressing rooms and then develop some empathy amongst the male players who you can imagine wouldn't be too chuffed to be relegated to the to those but at least they would then understand what it felt like but I guess Mike Gibson's idea is is a little bit fairer um, in the sense of um, actually it's not men versus women it's it will be home versus away and because the teams are alternating I see absolutely no matches. reason why they shouldn't do that actually yeah like that, that seems very to easy yeah that would seem to absolutely make sense. So. And and the only reason people could object would be, you know, some some men going, oh, I don't like being in this other non-dressing room. Well, don't care. <laughs> okay. Maybe I need to develop some empathy. I don't know. Um, and there was one other um, there was one other tweet from Sassy Swank, wasn't there? Who was suggesting that we could do a coin toss for use of changing rooms. So that would be even more random. So that could be kind of interesting. Yeah, well. <laughs> Great. Um, and actually, what was really nice was um, we had this kind of big discussion going on, but Beth Barrett-Wild, who's obviously head of the, the 100 women's competition at the ECB, replied, um, and she said, I love the thinking here, especially how we integrate the narratives of the men's and women's competitions and how we make sure the women's players feel properly valued on a match day. Keep the ideas coming. I'm listening. 
So that was actually that was actually That's really great, great because um, it feels like genuinely some of these ideas could potentially happen, um, and the ECB are genuinely open to some of these innovative suggestions. So if you've got any more, then do comment um, below the line um, or or do tweet us, and we'll read them out on next week's podcast. Um, and maybe you know the ECB will see them um, and put them into practice because I think it's a really interesting subject um, and. Uh, be interesting to see what happens um, in the hundred come July. Okay, well that's all for this week. Um, thank you for watching again. Um, we will be back here same time, same place, same no different week next week. That's the one. <laughs> see you there. Bye. Bye.